Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hall from RightSource here, talking uh, ACNC requirements and not-for-profits in terms of governance. So one of the new things that are, are coming in is uh, increased disclosure on related party transactions. Now, like all things we do at RightSource, uh, it's not necessarily about focusing on the compliance obligation. We're trying to understand what is it trying to do and trying to use that governance and those the, the steps that you need to take to help ensure that it's creating that alignment that governance can do in your organization. So today I was going to go through the related party transaction requirements that are coming in, but try and take it through from a, a bit more of an understanding why it's coming in and how you can use that and implement that in your organization. So related party transactions. Now, these are very similar or in the same ballpark as conflicts of interest. So what we're talking about here is where, um, so from a director point of view, where they have a transaction happening with the organization. So it may be them personally, or it might be the company that they run, or it might be one of the family members of the directors are having a transaction with the company. And really what you want to have here is to be clear, be open, be transparent on what's going on. And this is the same as conflicts of interest. So it's the same principle that applies to conflicts of interest where really you want that to be disclosed so that there's a level of transparency there, but also so that you can ensure the director is using their position in the best interests of the company and they're not compromising their duties as a director. So by doing that for not only conflicts of interest, but also for related party transactions, it again helps make sure that, say, a director's daughter's working in the organization or a director uses their company to provide IT services for the organization. They want everyone's aware of it. And because everyone's aware of it and they've, they've disclosed it, it helps prevent there being an actual problem but also the perception. It helps prevent there being a perception that the director's using their position to get something out of the company. So that's that's a related part of the transaction for directors. In terms of the requirements for the related party transactions, it casts the net a bit further. So not only is it directors, but it, it includes anyone who has significant influence over the organization. So anyone who can be involved in making financial decisions or policy decisions on how an organization runs, that tends to be the key management personnel. So where you define that as your executive team um, who have significant influence over decisions that are made at the company. So same thing with those guys. Really what we want to be doing is disclosing if, say, the CEO has, again, one of their family members working for the organization or um, one of the executive team has a, um, a directorship in another company that's performing services, that there's just transparency on that relationship and that with everyone knowing the, the relationship, it's more, there's nothing wrong with those things happening. And in fact, the not-for-profit sector, quite often it's those relationships that you have that can get you access to skills and services that potentially are of great value to the organization. You don't want to restrict yourself from accessing those. You just want to make sure that everyone is clear of, the, of what the transaction is occurring. And if you have that transparency and... So, for example, the CEO, as part of the start of a board meeting, they report through any related party transactions of their executive team as well. The directors report any related party transactions and conflicts at their level. Everyone can be clear and everyone can have the 
the perception that there's no one using their position to effectively get benefit out of the organization that they shouldn't. And from a cultural aspect, what this helps provide is if we're going to be transparent on what we're doing and that there's nothing wrong with it and that we want to encourage there to be um, the right decisions made with the right level of transparency, that again helps your cultural alignment be, well, if someone has a concern or they think, well, maybe this might need just a bit of clarification, they raise it and they know that just because they raise it and they look, they're being transparent on what they're doing, doesn't mean it's going to get stopped, but it means that people will take it on board, make sure that things are dealt with the right way and that everyone's playing fair. And from my point of view, that type of cultural aspect in a not-for-profit in any organization is a good thing to have. You want that transparency. You want people to bring you um, issues when you think there are problems and being comfortable to know that by providing you that transparency, you'll actually get a better outcome. So that's the, I suppose, how you can apply related party transactions. What the reporting requirements will be is basically in your financial statements at the end of um, every 12 months, you'll have to disclose you know, the value of related party transactions and a bit of information regarding what they relate to. And that will be, if you're doing the process during the year of disclosing those during board meetings or um, capturing them on, a, on a, a register, that reporting requirement won't be very onerous. In fact, it'll be quite easy to, to meet. So the compliance will be ticked, but not only will the compliance be ticked, you'll actually have used this as an opportunity to add more value to your organization and create that cultural alignment within the organization that benefits the not-for-profit and in achieving its goals. So I hope that provides a little bit of a, a different spin on related party transactions which are coming in, um, a little bit of information. There's definitely more information on the ACNC website uh, in terms of how this will be implemented for not-for-profits. There's a template register there as well if you want to pick that up. Otherwise, I hope that was useful. Um, again, we've got lots of uh, other videos on our YouTube site regarding uh, not-for-profits, governance, and how you can use these things to create alignment within your organization. Otherwise, thanks for watching. It's been Justin Hogg from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.